Welcome to Elam Lutheran Church this morning. We're so glad that you've set aside time this morning to worship with us. Our first song this morning is going to be, My Hope is Built on Nothing Less. Psalm 18.2 says, The Lord is my rock, my fortress, and my deliverer. Sing along with us at home. My hope is built on nothing less than Jesus' blood and righteousness. I dare not trust the sweetest frame, but wholly lean on Jesus' name. On Christ the solid rock I stand, all other ground is sinking sand, all other ground is sinking sand. When darkness fails his lovely face, I rest on his unchanging grace. In every high and stormy gale, my anchor holds within the veil. On Christ the solid rock I stand, all other ground is sinking sand, all other ground is sinking sand. His oath is covenant, his blood supports me in the whelming flood. When all around my soul gives way, he then is all my hope and stay. On Christ the solid rock I stand, all other ground is sinking sand, all other ground is sinking sand. When he shall come with trumpet sound, Oh, may I then in him be found, dressed in his righteousness alone, faultless to stand before the throne. On Christ the solid rock I stand, all other ground is sinking sand, all other ground is sinking sand. Join us on our second song this morning, Here I Am, Lord. I, the Lord of sea and sky, I have heard my people cry. All who dwell in dark and sin, my hand will save. I who made the stars of night, I will make their darkness bright. Who will bear my light to them? Whom shall I send? Here I am, Lord. Is his I, Lord? Oh 
the Lord of snow and rain. I have borne my people's pain. I wept for love of them. They turn away. I will break their hearts of stone. Give them hearts for love alone. I will speak my word to them. Whom shall I send? Here I am, Lord. This is my Lord. I have heard you calling in the night. I will go, Lord, if you lead me. I will the Lord of wind and flame. I will tend the poor and lame. I will set a feast for them. My hand will sing. Find a spread I will provide till their hearts be satisfied. I will give my life to them. Whom shall I send? Here I am, Lord, this is I, Lord. I have heard you calling in the night. I will go, Lord, if you lead me. I will hold your people in my Join us as we sing, Take My Life and Let It Be, Consecrated, Lord, to Thee. Take my life and let it be Consecrated, Lord, to Thee. Take my moments and my days, lest them flow in ceaseless praise. Let them flow in ceaseless praise. Take my hands and let them. Sing. 
gracious from thee. Take my love, my Lord, I pour at thy feet its treasure store. Take myself and I will be ever only all for Good morning to you, Pastor Herb Hoff, living in Olympia and sending this from Olympia today to, to the brothers and sisters at Elam Lutheran Church and anyone else who sneaks onto their website. Grace to you and peace from God our Father and from our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. Uh, many months ago, Pastor Luke Emerson began a, a series on the, on the book of Acts, the Acts of the Apostles, and, and he entitled it, taking it to the streets. And I'm going to do my best to, to try to uh, continue on where Pastor Luke left off as he took a new call. And I'm going to be reading this morning uh, from Acts chapter 15. Chapter 15. I'm going to read just first first five verses, but we're looking at the first, oh, about 35 in today's message. So from Acts 15. But some men came down from Judea and were teaching the brothers, Unless you're circumcised according to the custom of Moses, you cannot be saved. And after Paul and Barnabas had no small dissension and debate with them, Paul and Barnabas and some of the others were appointed to go up to Jerusalem to the apostles and to the elders about this question. So being sent on their way by the church, they passed through both Phoenicia and Samaria, describing in detail the conversion of the Gentiles, and brought great joy to all the brothers. And when they came to Jerusalem, they were welcomed by the church and the apostles and the elders, and they declared all that God had done with them. But some believers who belonged to the party of the Pharisees rose up and said, It is necessary to circumcise them and to order them to keep the law of Moses. And Lord, even now as we begin to look at your word, I pray that you would help us understand and, and have ears and eyes that are open and aware when, when there are people that come that uh, have some knowledge of the gospel but end up confusing what's going on and somehow think it's more than Jesus, it's Jesus plus that is needed. So guide us now this day that we would be close to your word and close to your heart. Amen. Well, Pastor Luke's uh, overarching thing, taking it to the streets, is basically the heart that Jesus has as he's getting ready to ascend to the Father in Acts chapter 1, verse 8. His disciples have come around and, and are wondering, now, finally, are you, gonna are you going to restore the kingdom to Israel? And Jesus says, uh, you're still missing it. It's not for you to know times and dates that the Father's chosen on his own authority, but you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you. And you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and in all Judea and Samaria 
and to the ends of the word, earth. And, and these words in Acts 1-8 were powerful, but they weren't fully carried on, carried out right away. Uh, they got it down pretty good on the Jerusalem part. On Acts chapter 2, we find out that, that Pentecost, powerful time, and, and Peter gets up and, and the rest of them were there, empowered by the Holy Spirit, and, and the promise is to you and to those who are far off that all who call upon the name of the Lord will be saved. And with that, the church was birthed. 3,000 people came to believe and were part of the church now. And, and it was an exciting time. And things were happening right there in, in Jerusalem. Good news was shared with both lips and hands and lives. And, and things were happening. Now, a, a beggar uh, who is lame is walking and praising God. The apostles end up, not necessarily by their plans, but they end up witnessing to the Sanhedrin and, and get themselves in a, in a pile of hot water. Needy widows are fed. An entire new ministry called the Diaconate is born. Signs and wonders abound. The sick are healed. The demonized are delivered. And more and more people are being added to the kingdom of God. But again, it's just happening here in Jerusalem and around the temple. As for all of Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth, not so much. Lots is taking place. Now again, those words in, in chapter 1, verse 8, the Holy Spirit is going to empower you. You're going to be my witness of Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, to the ends of the earth. It's not until chapter 8, verse 1, when more of that gets lived out. Again, the command in chapter 1, verse 8, now chapter 8, verse 1, a persecution arises after the martyrdom of Stephen. Saul of Tarsus is, is a part of the ramrod of that, and, and, and he's pushing for, for just punishment upon these people who are, are, are viewing Jesus as Messiah. Peter... John, others are, are beginning to, to reach out past Jerusalem. Peter and John, they pray and lay their hands on, on people up in Samaria. They considered themselves sometimes Jewish. The Jewish folk didn't really consider them Jewish. They're sort of outside the household of faith, and yet, yet some of these are coming to faith, and they come and lay hands on them and and the Holy Spirit falls. And what happened back at Pentecost was happening now with these Samaritans. Peter, he brings the message up to Cornelius, a Roman, uh, a, a Roman soldier. Lots of power, loves the Jewish people. And Peter comes up, shares the gospel. Again, the Holy Spirit falls and Peter and, and the other Jewish folk that are with him are astounded that even, even these Gentiles are experiencing the presence and the power of God just like we did from the very beginning. Paul and Barnabas, they are sent from the church in, in Antioch, which is one of the great missionary sending churches of the early age. And, and they end up in... in in an area of what we would sort of call south-central Turkey. It uh, became known as the greater region of Galatia. 
and and in their ministry they are going back and forth and there's a pile of Gentiles that's who lives there a pile of Gentiles that are being saved trusting in the Lord Jesus in Acts 14 27 uh, Paul gives a mission report back to the church at Antioch and and he says that God had opened a door of faith to the Gentiles and it was astounding and it was exciting and wonderful things were happening and with all these Gentiles coming to faith and and coming now into the church well issues were bound to surface and and some of those were questions, especially those that had, had been brought up in, in the Pharisee tradition and are now trusting in Jesus for salvation. But they had the question, should Gentiles be accepted into the church without first converting to Judaism? After all, Jesus is the Messiah of the Jews. If you're going to entrust the, the Messiah, maybe you ought to become Jewish. And if you're going to become Jewish and trust Jesus Messiah, then you need to keep all the law of Moses. You need to be circumcised. You need to watch what you eat and who you talk to. And so as Paul and Barnabas come back from their first missionary trip, there are some that have come from Jerusalem and they come down. You look in the map and it's up north of Jerusalem, but when you leave Jerusalem, everything is downhill. And anyone who goes to Jerusalem goes up to Jerusalem. And these come down from Jerusalem, and they come with this word. They are teaching the Gentiles, and they say, Unless you are circumcised according to the custom of Moses, you cannot be saved. Salvation comes through Messiah Jesus. Jesus plus... Jesus is really good. He's really fabulous. He's a wonderful Messiah. And if you want to entrust yourself to him, you need Jesus plus some other things. Jesus plus circumcision. Jesus plus keeping the law of Moses. And this command did not sit well. This teaching did not sit well with, with Paul and Barnabas. And they got into no little dispute. It was, it was a forceful dispute that took place. Because it was Jesus or it was Jesus plus. Years ago, back at the very end of the last century, in fact, it seems strange to say at the very end of the last millennium, uh, I was pastoring in Salinas, California. I ended up there more than 20 years. But uh, at, the end of the, at the end of the 20th century, there was a book that was sort of capturing a number of Christians, and uh, especially those who were trying to be faithful and grow in, in, in grace and favor with the Lord and, and get things right. And this book sort of said, yeah, this is the way to do it. Uh, it was the, the secret key to binding and loosing. And I don't remember who wrote it, and I don't even remember the exact title of it. But I remember reading it, and I thought, uh-oh, there's something wrong here. It was one of the prosperity teachers that was was authoring this book 
And, and the basic concept was this. You can loose and you can bind the things that are bad in people's lives. Now, it does talk about loosing and binding in Scripture. Jesus talks about it. But it's, it's sin and judgment and the forgiveness. And, and that's what his desire is in the midst of this. But the prosperity teachers had, had expanded far, far beyond that. You have the power to loose and bind. If someone is poor, you can loose them from their poverty and you can bind to them prosperity. In, in your word, in your power, there is power in speech. And as you say it, you can make it happen. And, and this binding and loosing thing was, was sort of grabbing onto some people. And not only was it for a prosperity, for, for poverty, against poverty, and for prosperity, but it was also things like, uh, are you blind? Well, I loose you from blindness and I bind to you 2020 vision. Uh, you got struggle with diabetes, I loose you from this and I, I bind you with wholeness and, and, and health. Um, infertility, I bind that, or loose you from infertility and I bind you to uh, the, the desire of having many arrows in your quiver. And, and it was a person who said that, a person of faith, and they make it happen. And God is having to commit himself to that because, because that's how you understood what was going on. Much of the book was about that, but, but the last great portion of the book was asking the question and then trying to answer it. Now, how exactly can we get God's heart and his ear to pay attention to us? And then they made that, the question, well, what did God command the Old Testament Israelites to do. It made a difference on how they ate. So, uh, not that you're going to be saved more, but, you know, if you pay attention to what God told them to do and you do that, you're sort of walking along with his heart. So, so it would be very smart of you to, to not have any kind of pork because God said pork was dirty back then. And so if you really want to get God's heart and pay, have him pay attention to your prayer, you, you give up pork. Don't mix dairy and, and meat. I mean, hamburgers are fine with pickles, but don't put cheese on it. And a double bacon hamburger cheeseburger? Oh, yo, yo, God's never going to answer your prayer. You, you, you can get saved, but, but, but if you really want to get God's heart... This is what you need to do. It's, it's Jesus plus. Jesus plus a little more. And then God's going to see you really mean what you are praying about. Well, that's what uh, Paul and Barnabas saw taking place with these Judaizers they became known as later on that had come up from, come down from Jerusalem to Antioch. And, and as they went, they said, we, we can't let this sit because it's not Jesus plus. It's Jesus only. It's Jesus period. It's Jesus exclamation point. That's the way salvation comes. And so uh, as that discussion raises and, and the struggles go on, 
the question comes to, to the whole church there at Antioch. Have, have we misspoken? Have we mistaught? Maybe we better go and talk to the big shots up in Jerusalem. And so Paul and Barnabas and a number of other respected people from Antioch Church go up to Jerusalem, and it's part of the first Jerusalem Council. On their way, they go through Phoenicia and Samaria, and as they go to these places, all of them sort of outside Jewish territory, they're sharing the things that God has done to the Gentiles, how they're embracing Jesus as Savior and Lord, and, and with that, they bring such joy to these people as they hear what's going on. And as they finally get up there, um, they're going to meet with, 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 the, with the big wigs back at the home church. And so party, Paul's party is, is received. Uh, it says in verse 4, uh, they are welcomed, they are loved, the uh, apostles and the elders, and they're, and they're talking. Paul gives them, Barnabas, give a report of what God has done. And yet even as, as they are making their presentation, whether it's the same folks that had gone down to Antioch or, or some others that were the Pharisee party that were part of the church, they, they went toe-to-toe -to -toe with them. No, you're wrong. You're wrong. If you're going to embrace Jesus as Messiah, you need to. You have to. You need to be Jewish. And so that conversation went on, and it wasn't a uh, comfortable time. And as the presentations were made, that was then followed by a time of deliberation. And the apostles... And the elders, they spent time. It doesn't go on to all the conversation they had. I am certain, without a doubt, these were men of prayer, women of prayer. And I am certain that there was it was bathed in prayer as they were trying to discern. So, God, what is your heart for your people for, for this time? How, how, how do we expand your truth and your kingdom beyond just the circumcised? And do all people need to be circumcised? That question went on, and, and, and the deliberations took place. And there was much more debate, and I have a sense that it was debate within the elder leadership, questioning and asking and, and seeking to get the best understanding that God had been sharing with all these leaders. And, and finally... And finally, they came to a conclusion. Uh, and it says, uh, we believe, it's Peter who says, we believe that we will be saved through the grace of the Lord Jesus, just as they will. God has saved them by his grace in Jesus. And, and it's the same thing he's going to do for us, all of us. God is going to be saving each of us by that grace. And, and so the verdict is delivered. Not, not to trouble the Gentiles uh, with, with things that, that, that we haven't been able to even to, to keep. Don't lay that extra burden upon them. But let's give them some wise counsel. Uh, things that will be good for them, but also things that will be good for the relationship between the circumcised and the ain't-gonna-get-circumcised. Good relationships between the Jew 
and the Greek, the Jew and the Gentile. What are the kind of things that we can do? What are the kind of things that we... What are the kind of things that we can do that are going to make things so much easier in the kingdom of God? And, and so they come down with a number of things. First of all, uh, meat and stuff like that that's been offered to idols in, in, in their idolatrous worship, and, and especially where the Greeks were living, uh, the non-Jews, uh, that was a big reality. Uh, and, and so uh, don't confuse the people who watch you. Uh, avoid meat that's been offered to idols. Uh, things that are going to be good for your family life, things that reflect God's heart, uh, immorality. Sexual immorality should, be, should not even be mentioned along with your name and your culture. And especially when they get over to Greece uh, after the next uh, mission journey, um, uh, that was really big in their societies. Step away from it. Uh, things that are strangled, that have blood in it, you know, the, the public health issue, uh, the, the kind of things that uh, would be healthy for your body. Uh, and not uh, pathogen carrying. And, and not only are we deciding we're going to share with you uh, P, uh, Paul and Barnabas and those that have come with you, we're going we're to put it down in writing. We're going to write a letter and we're going to send that letter, our verdict, on up to Antioch. And not only are we going to send uh, you, you guys back that have come from there, but we're going to send some of our own folks that are going to bear witness to the truth that this isn't something that you've made up. And so a fellow by the name of Justice, Judas, um, another guy by the name of Silas, they end up traveling back to uh, Antioch and they share that good news and, and with that uh, affirm the message that, that Paul and, and Silas, or Paul and Barnabas, have been a part in their life and, and affirm what's going on. Uh, that these who have embraced Jesus that are of a non-Jewish background, they don't have to go through the extra painful step of circumcision. They don't have to become Jewish. If you like matzo balls, great. If you don't, skip them. You don't have to become Jewish to become a follower of Jesus. And, and there was much joy. That letter was written. It was shared in Antioch. Uh, after a time, a great time of teaching and, and preaching and prayer, I'm sure, uh, some of those people that have come from Jerusalem went back on up to Jerusalem. But, but this fellow by the name of Silas, he ended up staying there. And I think part of that is what God's plan is in these, in these next days and uh, years that are, are to follow. Uh, in the midst of all of this, we need to be aware that it's always possible for us to confuse part of our culture for the gospel. When early missionaries went out, uh, did we make sure that the people wore pants like we did in Europe? Oh, one of the, one of the great powerful missionaries, uh, uh, Hudson Taylor, he went to China and you know what he did? 
he dressed like the Chinese. He learned their language. He, he shared the gospel in such a way that they understood that you didn't have to become European to, to follow Jesus, even though it was a European church that, that settled there. Nothing wrong with it at all, but uh, back in 1972, I was on a mission trip uh, in Europe, Israel, Africa, and South America. And when we were in the uh, country of Rhodesia, it doesn't exist anymore now, it's Zimbabwe, but we were in Rhodesia, and early missionaries had come from Sweden. And there were still Swedish missionaries there that we met. And as we would get out into the distant lands in there, it amazed me that it looked like a, a church on the North Dakota Plains. The building did, except they didn't have uh, stained glass windows. They had open windows to let the air flow through, and, and it was thatched roof. And, and we were there on a Palm Sunday, and it was just so filled with celebration. They didn't have to become Swedes to follow the Jesus that the Swedish missionaries taught. We don't have to require so many things. We can be followers of Jesus, and we don't all look alike. We don't have all the same taste. We don't have all the same language. But we do have all as followers, we all have the same Jesus. My prayer, Lord, is that you would help us to, to get beyond what it is that we've done in the past, to, to help us understand, Lord, that people who are followers of you don't have to be just like us. Give us the grace we need, Lord, to help the gospel touch lives forever. We pray it in your precious name. Amen. Going to lead in a time of prayer now also for, for our, our, our society and the world that is in such great need. We've got uh, diseases that are running around and families that are mourning. And we've each got needs. And let's just lift those up. Heavenly Father, I would uh, lift before you right now those families who are struggling, uh, especially with this coronavirus. Um, uh, people who are locked in their houses um, are, are fearful of even going out to get food because they don't know what kind of infection might uh, try to grab onto them. Young ones who um, have had school canceled for the rest of the year. Parents who wonder how their children will learn what they need to know. I think of those, those people who are, were to graduate this spring, late spring early summer and how they need to, to get the things done for, for their graduations. Lord, I pray that you would help wisdom and interaction between parents and teachers and school districts so that there isn't a fearfulness in the midst of that. Lord, we pray for uh, our governor and those that advise him that uh, at the right time things would open up especially pray for those who've been impacted because they haven't been able to work and that impacts their finances, maybe their mortgages. Lord, we pray for those who are maybe close to death because of this virus or others who, who are close to death, not because of the virus, but because their life is coming to an end. 
just as it would normally. And yet because of what's going on, they're unable to be with family and friends and that comfort and strengthening and peacefulness is so far from them. We pray that you would guard and keep them, Lord, and especially those that uh, you will be calling soon, that they especially would be trusting in you. We pray, Lord Jesus, for this congregation, that in the times so separated, you would bring us back perfectly at the right time to enjoy this gift of fellowship and communion that you have for us, your people. Lord, I pray these things in Jesus' name, even as he taught his disciples to pray. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever and ever. Amen. I invite you now to open your hands and hearts and receive the blessing of God who loves you so very much. The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face to shine on you and be gracious unto you. The Lord look upon you with the greatest of all his favor and give you his peace. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. God's blessings, and live in his peace. Amen. We'll close our service this morning by singing, In Christ Alone My Hope is Found. Join us. Christ alone, my hope is found. He is my light, my strength, my song. This cornerstone, this solid ground, firm through the fiercest droughts and storms. What heights of love, what depths of peace. When fears are sealed, when striving cease. My comforter, my all in all, here in the love of Christ I stand. In Christ alone, who took on flesh, fullness of God in helpless babe, this gift of love and righteousness, Scorned by the ones he came to save. Till on that cross as Jesus died, the wrath of God was satisfied. For every sin on him was laid. Here in the death of Christ I live. the ground, 
body lay, light of the world by darkness slain, then bursting forth in glorious day, up from the grave he rose again, and as he stands in victory, since curse has lost its grip on me, for I am his and he is mine, bought with the precious blood of Christ. No guilt in life, no fear in death, this is the power of Christ in me. From life's prescribed to final breath, Jesus commands my destiny. No power of hell, no scheme of man can ever pluck me from his hand till he returns or calls me home. Here in the power of Christ I stand.